reach out to anyone in that industry that you're trying to tap into or trying to start and just ask for pointers. Anything that you're finding difficult or not so sure about, it's better to reach out and rather than suffer in silence. Hi, my name is Kara Myers and welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Each week, I chat with women who have built incredible businesses in the travel and tourism industry. You'll hear their inspirational stories of success. We went from 2,000 a month to about 70, 72,000 a month um, in that span of, of nine years. And struggle. I wish that I could tell you that I pivoted really quickly and like jumped back on my feet and I, I did it. And what they learned along the way. Give yourself the grace of knowing that it's not going to happen overnight and you're going to make a ton of mistakes. And as long as you learn from them and move forward, that's okay. So grab a coffee, hit subscribe, and get ready to learn and feel inspired. Hello, hello. My name is Kara Myers, and this is episode 17 of the Travel Business Lounge, the place where we celebrate and learn from female entrepreneurs in the travel industry. Today's story all started with a t-shirt. Caroline San loved the slogan, Travel Eat Slay, so she decided to have it printed on a t-shirt she could wear when traveling. After sharing photos of her in it on social media, people began reaching out to ask where they too could buy the same shirt. And within a few months, this idea for a fun shirt had evolved into a full-fledged business. Fast forward a few years and Travel Eat Slay is much more than a merchandising company, it's a community. In addition to selling travel apparel, Caroline also began organizing day trips around Europe for other UK-based travel influencers interested in visiting the most Instagrammable places. Together, they traveled to cities like Milan and Venice to take photos of each other and create content, all before flying back to London later that same day. When COVID hit and Caroline was forced to pause her day trips, she launched another business, the Travel Box. This is a quarterly subscription box with must-have travel essentials for her growing community. In today's episode, Caroline walks us through the evolution of her multifaceted travel brand and shares how she got started with selling merchandise, some of the challenges of being a travel influencer, and lessons she's learned since launching her subscription service. If you've ever considered incorporating merchandise into your business, or if you'd like to learn a bit more about working with influencers, this is an especially good episode. Last thing before we dive in though, I just wanted to request that if you haven't done so already, would you please consider leaving a review or subscribing to this podcast or even just sharing it with one of your friends? I'm trying my best to grow it and every little bit helps. So thanks so much in advance and especially thanks to those who have already left reviews. I've read all of them and really can't tell you how much I appreciate the support. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Here is Caroline Sand of Travel Eat Slay. Hey everyone, it's Kara again. Just wanted to say one last thing before we dive into the episode. I've started a Facebook group called the Travel Business Lounge, which is for travel and tour entrepreneurs looking to connect with one another. It's a new community and so numbers are small, but I'd really appreciate anyone willing to jump in and be part of this new community. Thanks for your consideration and back to the show. All right. Hi, Caroline. Welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. I'm very happy to have you here. And I must say that I was so excited when you got in touch with me because I think you have the best business name <laughs> I have ever come across for a travel business, Travel Eat Slay. I got such a kick out of it. Uh, so yeah, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me so much. Thank you for even like 
acknowledging my request to be a guest here. So I'm honored. <laughs> oh, good. Well, absolutely. I'm very excited to hear about your businesses. And But first, let's hear a little bit more about you, how you got into travel, a bit about your background, and then we can go from there. Okay. So I'm based in London. I studied or graduated in events management. I ended up working in the B2B events company. So we got to travel to like different destinations. And through that, I was then inspired to create my first business, which is Travel Eat Slay. And I just wanted to provide a souvenir to travelers like myself to say, hey, this is what I'm de- eat. I'm doing. I'm traveling. I'm eating, and I'm slaying through all these <laughs> destinations that I'm going to, and it kind of came about as a hobby, but then it also then translated into a business, if you can say. Very cool. And is is travel eat slay also a blog, or it seems like it's more than just a merchandise yes. company? So. It initially started as merchandise and then a few people would just say, okay, so why don't you document and actually tell us more about the places that you're visiting? And I'm not really keen on the whole blogging and everything, but it made sense for me to document or at least then start showcasing the merchandise while I'm traveling through pictures and just giving tips and sharing experiences from my travels. Like I'm not... Actively, I wouldn't call myself a blogger. I'm more of a content creator. I'm more on the social media, like creating videos and I'm more visual rather than the written side. But I offer also recommendations to destinations that I've been to. The brand also then went into organizing day trips. So hosting day trips, group trips around Europe. And then COVID introduced itself. And then I I was on a pause for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think everyone in the travel industry was, but I think that your story is so interesting because I think it's, it's a, you've gone a different route than, than most people do. I think it's unusual to start with travel merchandise. I, I think that's really uncommon. And then to go more towards the blogging, influencer, travel planning and all that. Yeah. So just to go back to the early days. Mm-hmm. So you had an idea of creating some kind of product at, so that would act as a souvenir for people who also like to travel. Yeah. For, the, for the listeners who haven't seen your products or your t-shirts before, could you just describe them a little bit so they have I'm a wearing one idea. now. <laughs> well, they can't <laughs> see it though, so you've got to describe it. it. Um, <laughs> so it has the three words, travel, eat, slay. And then I don't know how I would explain Like it, there is a, an airplane because the traveling that I was doing then was mainly flights, catching flights. Um, the words travel, eat, slay to me just resonated, like showing power, independence, but at the same time, it's fun. It's just a mm. really fun catchphrase that I came about with. And then I asked a friend of mine who was creative to help me with the logo. And then how did you go about finding, like sourcing the actual t-shirts, having them made? Like talk us through that process because that sounds complicated. So complicated. I <laughs> remember back then I had no idea how to, where to even start, how to start. I had the logo. My friend has now given me the logo and now I was Googling. Half of my time, like evenings, I was spending my time Googling uh, where is a supplier, a printing supplier in London. And not all of them have reports or uh, reviews basically to say, oh yeah, I used this company and it was really good. So it involved a lot of research, 
time consuming research. And at some point I just gave in and had to start like trial and error. And I did that for a lot of brands. I think for a lot of, uh, for about three or four companies until I got to the one that I really was happy about the quality of their t-shirts and the way that they actually printed the, the logo. Some of, I think at the beginning, I remember there was one company that I used never again. <laughs> the word, like the t-shirts kind of printed on top of each other. So the words were merged on top. It was a very frustrating process, I would say. But then I had to go through it. And and what about the stock? Like, are you, do you have boxes and boxes in your house or how do you manage that? <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning, I didn't want to have boxes and boxes because this was, like I said, it was just something that I started out as a hobby first. I just didn't know what the market, how the market would receive my product. Mm. So I was just working within my budget and within my, what I was comfortable with. Now I'm curious, how did you, so you, you, you described how you would wear your shirts when you would travel and out and about, and that's a way to promote it. But how else are you getting people buying your products? So I would attend, like I, for anyone who is starting a merchandise business, for me, when I started, I started back in 2016 and Instagram was a really good tool for driving, promoting my business. I would even say I didn't have a website for probably like six months. Everyone was just purchasing through Instagram and I used to do it through PayPal. It, it was messy. I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> then, but people would come to my Instagram page, they'll DM me, <laughs> I would send them a PayPal link and then I'll ask for their address and then I would send them a t-shirt. I also reached out to a few like influencers or travel bloggers who are within my community or who I liked how they traveled and how they told their stories. And I just asked them, I'm starting out, this is my brand, this is the t-shirt, I would like to send you one. Would you be willing to just wear it at one of one of your trips and just send me a picture just for me to then cross promote. And luckily enough, I got a few, quite a few people who were interested in like that whole exchange. I would also say there were some who agreed. I sent them the t-shirt and nothing ever happened. Like there was no oh, picture. No. I'm trusting that you're going to live up to this expectation there was nothing binding so I guess to them they just felt like oh I don't really have to do it I can receive the the item but I don't really have to showcase it as she's requesting but for those who did shout out thank you very much for putting my (laughs) brand on the map yeah, and I guess once you build up your own following like that's you can you promote it there yourself instead (laughs) yeah now that I think of it, maybe the influencer that didn't do the work that there was a, that they owed me or that they agreed to, then kind of trickled and helped me to use the group trips that I was hosting to kind of market the merchandise through that way. Because for everyone who joined one of my trips, I would cross promote and say, hey, you're joining a trip so you can get 10% off my merchandise right. in a way. So it was another avenue for me to cross-promote my merchandise. Right. And yeah, let's hear more about these 
group trips. So what exactly, what service were you providing? Were you booking the flights and accommodation or talk us through that? So this was a day trip. Literally, we would leave the first flight in the morning and come back the last flight in the the same day. I would create the itinerary. It it felt heavy, (laughs) but then that's why it was just for a day. And it was in like the flights that we found sometimes were as cheap as like 15 pounds return flights to, for example, Milan, you went to Copenhagen, we went to um, Venice, who would say no to going to Venice for 15 pounds for a day? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, you're going to wake up early for like a six o'clock flight. But think about it, you spent the whole day out of London. And it's just a change of scenery, you've bonded and connected with other fellow travelers that you might potentially want to travel together in the future. And you've created content. So the trips were, in a way, targeted to anyone who was also like a blogger or a travel content creator, because that's an added opportunity for you to create content in a different country. Right. So it's almost like a work trip. It's not just a go and sit and relax. It's like, let's get some amazing photos and information. Yeah. But like, we, we it wasn't so packed things to do because... We're only there sometimes maybe for 12 hours, sometimes for eight hours. So there's not much you can really fit in. You can't fit in like going to Marble Arch and then you go to London Eye. Like no. <laughs> I was very specific in choosing the either the most Instagrammable places that people should visit or at least your top three things that you should visit when you visit that destination. That's really clever because I think being a content creator, I would imagine, I'm not a content creator, but in the influencer sense, but I imagine it can be quite lonely because a lot of times you're going out and doing this on your own. But if you yeah. join up with a community of people who want to get similar photos, visit similar places and also have a bit of fun, that sounds Literally. great. <laughs> and you're also helping each other take pictures because yeah. that's a major thing for an influencer or content creator. Sometimes you don't always have that person who's got like that creator eye and then you're left with like, you know, that meme of like someone taking, you take a picture of your friends and because you're a content creator, you know the angles and how to take (laughs) the good shots. Then when they take one for you, it's just like, like half of your face is cut off (laughs) and like there's a bird behind you. It's... (laughs) Yeah, I have this debate with my husband sometimes when I'm like in the corner of the photo. (laughs) It's like, come on. Yeah, like you had all this space and I'm at the corner. That's great. So how did you develop as a content creator? Do you feel like you always had the eye or was that a skill you learned more so as you stuck with it? I think it's a skill that I learned. I think I had it and then I just improved it a little bit more um, through through different things. Uh, What I always used to do was just find things to do in London as a way for me to help me create the content. So in most cases, like I like Time Out, (laughs) Time Out magazine on a like Tuesday before this whole pandemic was my my go-to like resource for me to look at things, different things. Maybe restaurant is opening up or uh, this is something that you must do in London this week. Mm. And then I'll just take my phone. By then I didn't have a camera. I'll take my phone and just think of different ways to tell that story of my night Mm. exploring this particular thing. And then I'll share it on Instagram. And I was lucky enough, like my following were really encouraging. They were like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? How do you do this? (laughs) And 
so to me it was more like okay if people are interested or like receiving this positively I need to look for ways to continue creating content and just have that different eye of or perspective of looking at things yeah now how do you deal with all the new social media platforms that come about or not even just new platforms but like you have Instagram stories and then Instagram reels and then like it just yeah it seems like it's an infinite amount of places where you're meant to put out content how do you deal with that I give it a try like the worst thing like with everything I think you at least need to give it a try first and then know whether it's not for you or for you I think as a content creator you have to be in the know and updating as and when new trends happen but for example for myself for TikTok I for the life of me I'm still (laughs) trying to understand what to do in that world of TikTok so I haven't mastered that yet but I know how to do videos it's just TikTok videos are a bit of a difference like there's something else there they're really complicated they seem like they I I mean I'm a big I watch a lot of TikTok videos and they seem like oh that's a piece of cake and then I try I tried to make one and it took me ages like it was so complicated yeah the ones that I I like or enjoy spending my time on are Instagram. The only negative thing about Instagram, the way that it changes or fluctuates its algorithm, Mm. sometimes you might feel like I've created such a good piece of video content, but when you then post it, nobody receives it, which shouldn't bring you down. Obviously, it's a bit of a, ooh, like a knock in the face, but you need to continue creating the content. Mm. And it's... The thing with reels as well that I've noticed is they take a while to grow or to be noticed. But as long as you're putting the content out there, as long as it's relatable, as long as it's uh, fact giving, are you making a difference to people in order for them to share or reshare your content? So I guess you need to be intentional about what kind of information you're putting out there within your reels or I guess the same with TikTok like what kind of content are you sharing mm. is it something personal to you that only you will know the inside joke or is it something that will help other people to just be like oh hey I like this oh did you see this video if you can find something I don't know facts sharing that you're going to mm. give that everybody is in need of I would think that could go viral or it will be received well. But ultimately the aim is not to go like, you can't just be like, I'm, I'm a content creator. I want to go viral because sometimes you might not. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? The other thing I really wanted to talk to you about is the travel box because you've yeah. started a new business, which is essentially an offshoot of Travel Eat Slay. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's all that about? Let's hear it. So the travel box, my newest baby, it's a subscription box service. So what I'd seen was if you were thinking of doing a beach holiday, there is a box for that, which would have beach related items. If you're looking for a hiking holiday, there is a product for that. But there wasn't a product that kind of encompasses everything in travel per se. So I was just like, okay. Let me build one. <laughs> if there is nothing, let me see how 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 to build one. <laughs> and I was started doing some research. I did a survey because I was just like, okay, make sure that people are actually interested in the thing that you're thinking of bringing out. Which is the first time I 
done something like this because for travel eats lay, I was just like, I want, I want this thing. Let me provide it. <laughs> and then people would just like it or not like it. So because I guess this service was more costly <laughs> than just printing a t-shirt. I just needed to make sure once I bring something out, people will receive it and actually buy into it. So it's a quarterly subscription service rather than, I know there's monthly subscription boxes. I just felt like that would be too much hassle or too much time consuming for me Mm. to find new products every month to give out to people. So I went through the quarterly subscription route and then I I didn't know where to start. I was like, how do you run a subscription? What is this? What is a subscription (laughs) box? So I started asking like friends, just people around just to be like, okay, can you talk me through your experience with your subscription box? I read countless YouTube videos. I was just like engulfed in that world of subscription boxes. Luckily enough, this was like deep within our third quarantine. This was like November, December time. Okay. Or this was before November, December time in the UK because we went on lockdown like quite a few times, right? <laughs> yeah, every like, yeah every other month. Every month like. <laughs> was the lockdown, yeah. So I was like, okay, I guess this is enough time for me to channel my energy into researching to understand this world of subscription boxes. I put out that survey to like over 400 to 500 people just to be like, hey, I'm doing this. What do you think? How frequent would you want and that, it? Those are your Instagram followers that you were. This was a or? mixture. So this was a mixture of my Instagram followers. Uh, I have a mailing list for the travel box. I also had a mailing list from something that I had previously done. I think it was asking about group trips. Like, would people be interested in attending such trips? So I just utilized any source of data that I had to just be like hey guys can you help me just make make something out of this (laughs) and funny enough it was a a mixed response from people from the US from the UK some in Europe some in some in some parts of Africa as well so I was just like okay and like ultimately it was something that they needed and they needed it as a quarterly subscription box So Mm -hmm. I just gave the people what they had requested. (laughs) But even then, it's been an interesting journey. And I'm still in that journey. I don't think I have reached where I needed, where I thought I would have reached by now uh, when I first started. Because, or at least from the response that I received from the survey, I just thought everyone was going to buy into it wrong (laughs) not everybody bought into it as quickly as I uh, assumed or wanted and then I had to like think of tactics like ways of enticing these customers to come buy into this product at the same time another thing that I another challenge I guess was what comes first for me to stock up on different products and then have like hey this is what the box is going to look like and this is what's going to be inside the box or just get subscribers to subscribe to something that they don't see. Right. So like I was battling for a while with like, okay, what do I do first? And how does this even work in terms of subscription boxes? So what I then ended up doing was releasing a trial box, basically. I got a few brands to 
some of them sponsored me just to give out like their products for free in return for promotion. Some of them I had to purchase the items on a fewer quantity just to say I need a physical box to then say this mm. is my starter or my promo box. You will get this promo box if you sign up to the subscription. And I must say, I've looked at your website. I think the branding for the boxes is beautiful. I think you've done a really good job with it. It's really professional looking. So well Thank done. you. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm not even going to. Yeah. And again, I guess the challenge, I guess, with me or my brands, because I run them by myself and I'm just basically the heads of everything, marketing, promotion, uh, sourcing venue, uh, sourcing suppliers, sourcing whatever needs to be sourced. It's just depending on me. There's some things that I'm outsourcing, like I had help with the website building. I had help with creating a press release, I guess, for the travel box. That was the main thing that I had to kind of welcome or learn about what is a press release you need. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was learning on the job, basically. I'm interning in my own, on my own brand. <laughs> oh, that's great. And did you find that the press release got a good return of business or is there any way yes. to measure that? So the press release uh, got featured in CN Traveler. Okay. I was just like, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Travel Noir. Um, it was picked up in like there's a PR wire. It, I also got a little feature in the Times. Oh, wow. And, so it's 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 getting there. <laughs> I think it helps though. I think it just beefs up like beefs up my brand to say, hey, this brand is reputable or mm. you should look into it or you should support or buy into something that has been acknowledged by big PR brands. How many items do you in- include in your subscription box? And like what, for example, the last one that you put out, what were some of the things that you found in there? We were in the summer box. We have five items in every box. So the summer box included, I was looking on travel safety. That's what the summer box was kind of themed around. So we had uh, packing cubes. Okay. We had power bank, personal alarm, like a safety alarm, mainly for like female travelers again my target market is mainly females so my products might be female like heavy a safety door lock I don't know if you've seen these so basically if you're if you're traveling alone if you're in a hostel there is gadget that you can just put beside your door and then it locks it so on top of the door lock itself just in case uh, I don't know, someone tries to break into your door with a little key thing. So those were the five items in the summer edition. So these are like items that some people have, which is fine. But then they are introducing you also to small brands, small travel related brands that you might not be aware of. So it's also like a discovery process for the the customer. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like a, a really good deal. <laughs> this has been really enjoyable. I'm fascinated by the merchandising route that you've gone down because I just know absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> now now I know a little bit more. Yeah, it's a learning curve. I, I wouldn't say I know everything about merchandise. I just know what I adopted 
whether there's a easier or a better route or, or way for me to do things, it's always a learning. I'm always willing to learn. So if anyone wants to give me any pointers, I'm always <laughs> open to that. But for the little or the knowledge that I had up to the point that I am now, I think I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've done a great job. Do you have any last tips for anyone? Let's say a listener is debating whether they want to go down the merchandising route. Any tips or advice you want to share with them? One tip that I would say is probably reach out to anyone in that industry that you're trying to tap into or trying to start and just ask for pointers. Anything that you're finding difficult or not so sure about. That's the thing that I'm I'm always open to when I see a brand that's doing something that I'm interested in doing. I always reach out whether they answer or not, then that's the different stage, but at least don't be afraid to reach out and just say, Hey, I see you're doing X. Can you just give me a point? I'm struggling on this part. It's better to reach out and rather than suffer in silence, because another thing as an entrepreneur, the entrepreneur world can be, is very lonely. So if you don't always have someone to guide you or share ideas or bounce off ideas with, you're probably going to give up because you're just like, okay, I don't know how to do this and Google is not helping me or I'm finding it difficult. I'm just going to throw in the towel. Oh, that's great advice. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. If anyone wants to potentially buy a t-shirt or sign up for a subscription, where is the best place for them to find you? TravelEatSlay.com is my website. TravelEatSlay on Instagram. And then for the travel box, it's the travel box with double X on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Perfect. Well, again, thank you so much, Caroline. And I wish you the best of luck with all of this. Thank you for having me.